Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Let's have all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Yo, listeners of the Reject Nation, uh, we are going to do episode one and episode two of Ahsoka. So what we're going to do is watch episode one, and then we're going to talk about it. And then we're going to watch episode two and then talk about it. Instead it, of just combining it into one video, it wouldn't make sense based off the way our, con- our conversation went. Yeah, but we can make one podcast. We'll make it one long podcast because that's the point. All right, let's do it. Two episodes. One podcast. Let go. Wow. Ooh. And then they killed off Sabine Wren. <laughs> <laughs> she did not return somehow. Oh. Great presence. Yeah. Well done, Dana E. Gloverman. Kevin, Kevin Kiner. He did uh, Rebels. Sure did. Wowie. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, it's the Pergil. So the first time in a long time that Star Wars visual effects and television is... Doesn't feel like it's just on a volume. That's exactly it. <laughs> no, this felt... I was... I was immersed. Yeah. Like, they probably did do a lot of volume, yeah. but they sold it really well. Oh, yeah. With physical elements. Yeah, I I genuinely loved that. I was in love with that. It was... He, he played writer, right? Yeah. Okay. That's so cool. If you got okay, for you guys who don't know, Clancy Brown played writer in Star Wars Rebels, and to see him get to actually, as everyone else has been recast, right? Everyone else, yeah, been everyone, except everyone. for like Tenet, uh yeah. as Hu Yang and Chopper, hopefully, and Chopper. <laughs> yeah. But to see him pop back up, and after he already was in uh, Mandalorian as as uh, he was he was in that Bill Burr episode as yeah. one of the villains. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I think that was the. Rick Famuyiwa episode of season one. Wow, it was a great episode. Too. Yeah, uh, and um, yeah, he's one of the most prolific voice actors out there. He's just a great like real life actor too. So it's so cool to see him actually. Yeah, get that, a play tra- that translated so well, uh, and there's just there's so many beautiful little touches. The time spent on Lethal and just seeing that yeah. come to life. I mean, it really was. They captured it perfectly. Yeah, I loved how meditative this was, and. And how, like, it was emotional yet cold, <laughs> you know? That's and and I think they're going to be arcing into something that does feel uh, either more hopeful or more harrowing. Like, you really don't know which direction Both. it'll go. Because it, it's a, it's supposed to be setting up some stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, for whatever that Filoni crossover the Filoni movie. Verse. The Filoni-verse, which is yeah. what this is. And this is the first time Filoni got to actually helm the pilot like literally setting the stage for everything that's to come and while i thought that episode of mandalorian season two which uh, reintroduced ahsoka it that felt 
like the backdoor pilot for this in every way, considering that you got Elspeth that you're picking up with right away, yeah. the confirmation that she's a, a witch of Dathomir, um, who, if you guys like play Jedi Fallen Order, or, you know, obviously Clone Wars, you'd be familiar with her. It's the planet where Darth Maul is from. Yeah. And um, then... And Savage. Savage Ventress. Oppress? No, Savage... Oh, wait, no, wait. Savage uh, Oppress. Savage Oppress. And Ventress. And right. Ventress, yeah. 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 Oh, Savage. Yeah, I got yeah. my negative names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Savage, the ill-fated brother. The brother of all, yeah. Um, yeah, they really... Massage Ventress. <laughs> yeah, that's where I got confused. Yeah. Massage. Yeah. There's a lot of names out there. There are a couple names in Star Wars. Um, but I loved it, man. Uh, I, I thought this was the right tone, and, and this is what uh, I, I hoped it would be. I do wonder if some people might find it boring, though, mm. you know, if they're... I think there can be a bit of a dis, because it's weird. I mean, I'm I'm excited to hear what you think, because um, he doesn't care what I think. I know. I did hear what you think. <laughs> it's just it's, I think it'll be really easy for us to get wrapped up in like rebels talking all no, that sure, stuff. Sure. So uh, whereas if you, a lot of people didn't see rebels, I wonder if they'll be felt that they'll be left at a distance. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but what? So yeah, what do you think so far, Michael? Well. Interestingly enough, I feel like these first two episodes are likely going to be the most of the feeding that, like, the love of rebels and and I think some of the later episodes, particular as particularly, I mean, when Ahsoka even when her master was referenced, the way her face changed, like Anakin's Force Ghost is around at this point. Right? Have they talked? Have they had that conversation yet? I mean. I think there's going to be a lot of unpacking there. Um, and for me, like having just finished the Thrawn books and the comics, there is something that like Rebels fans are, I don't think, even prepared for unless they've read the books. And admittedly, even having read the books, I don't think I'm prepared for what they have cooking up here. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of pace, I'm glad. This was a slow burn. I mean, I was I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. It felt genuinely cinematic, which is something that Star Wars television, there was some episodes of The Mandalorian that knocked that out of the park and other episodes where I'm like, what is Lizzo doing here? Yeah. Um, Certainly not forcing anybody out of their comfort zone. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. But I loved it. And uh, honestly, I hate that we're even talking right now because I want to watch the next episode. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, people are just like, get to the next one. They get released, they released two for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like all your t- that's why I'm, I'm trying not to become a prognosticator for what's going to come next because I'm like, what's the point? We're going to watch a second episode. Yeah. Yeah. Then we prognosticate. <laughs> a good Sorry. ass vocab word. Damn. Yeah, that's a good that's good SAT word. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I looked I- it up beforehand so I could use it in this video. <laughs> just, yeah. just every just video so I've watched, uh, learn one like, new I, word. I can look up a, video, a word for <laughs> <laughs> every video and be like, just implement it somehow. <laughs> hey, that's a good technique. You'll have. You'll have at least 365 new words at the end of the year. Uh, No, I mean, this was really thrilling. Like like having only a mild amount of familiarity with what Rebels is tone-wise and ensemble-wise and stuff. Like this gave me the joys of both... How do I I put it? This, This felt like the sort of fun adventure that you get from a Mandalorian, but with like the focus that a lot of people complain is missing from that. And I feel like this also, everybody points to Andor as like the second coming of Star Wars in a lot of ways. It certainly 
earns that argument. But I thought this did nicely to pull the kind of quiet character nuance from Andor and then put it in something that still feels like it's going to be propulsive and, and about adventure, um, but also contained within just a lot of character relationships and growth and frictions and history over time. And yeah, not having all of that context, I could feel it all mm. through the performances. And I think it was really smart for them to give you so many moments and scenes to introduce each character, to put them in their element, to show them breaking things down or being rebellious or whatever it is, kind of drawing the spirits. Like, everybody is very clear at the moment to me, even though we haven't spent time with, like, the classic Rebels Ensemble all together much yet. Um, yeah, th this had a constant sense of momentum and tension. The Sith characters or the, you know, in-between Jedi Sith whatever these new Balin and co are going to be. Their lightsabers are orange. Yeah. So there's something in between. Yeah. It, it's, it, <laughs> what it does is, it mean? It is, I'll tell you what it means. This is the connective tissue between all of it. And I oh, feel like... And I orange feel, is the color. And orange is the color of connective tissue. <laughs> Have you ever cut somebody <laughs> open before? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, come on. Uh, I... It's all orange. It is. It's disgusting. Um, I am particularly eager and excited to see how, like, everything that we've seen so far in just one episode is what I think we were all praying for when The Force Awakens came out. We wanted that, like, questionable, what happens when the Jedi Order is no more? Is there something in between? We wanted to be able to tap into the, the mystical nature of the Force, have that connective tissue to the prequels, to the original trilogy, but also set up something big and exciting. And the most important part, and what I think they failed at in the sequel trilogy, is something original, <laughs> something yeah. different. And like Obi-Wan, too, I feel like you have that hope of like... You know, here is what what do you do in the no man's land between, you know, one establishment and another, one order and another, and we didn't really... Rise yeah. quite to that occasion. No, that I, I agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I, there's a nice mystery and suspense to this, and there's. I thought what was really smart. I think it's really, really smart be, uh, to have this established dynamic between Ahsoka and Sabine. That way, you can give a character arc, especially for, for a variety of factors. Yeah, one being that when Ahsoka was reintroduced in live action with Mandalorian and and you know, her little appearance in Book of Boba Fett. That, but that portrayal is someone who's just so wise and sage, and she's mm. she's got everything under control. So poised all the yeah, time. yeah, exactly. A little and too perfect. Exactly, which is great for like an a, an appearance, a guest star appearance. But if yeah. she's going to be the lead, you need to uh, throw her into something where there can be an emotional obstacle, a hurdle for her to overcome, and for it to be something that is mirroring her past trajectory of someone who was stubborn and difficult to deal with and then her even acknowledging like hey I abandoned stuff you know I I left I got disillusioned by the Jedi order I left that behind yeah. I mean there's a lot of context there that <laughs> I love how they are smart in the way they do it because there's such a storyline in the clone wars of why she left the Jedi order that when you watch it 
it's it's not like she just left the Jedi Order. It was yeah. so, it, it, it is the whole thing oh, like I, being framed and all this stuff and being yeah, blamed. The Jedi like, Order, the Jedi yeah. Order left her. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah. this whole thing to it. So it's not just she left the Jedi Order, but they, they have to make a brief because they don't have time but, to dive into all that shit. The, right. The level of responsibility though that must be on her shoulders. I mean, even if you don't watch all the Clone Wars, to watch the final two seasons and particularly how they connect Ahsoka's final arc there yeah i mean she's living with a heavy burden right and a lot of this is about also not repeating the sins of the uh, not repeating the mistakes from the past yeah. that she's trying to do so they've established a good arc for her to go down yeah. and then of course for sabine as well and I did, yeah because I mean, she's a really complex character too i thought she should have been the leader of rebels i mean well yeah she yeah. she, she should have been and yeah. i think towards the end she was getting there um but you have to consider the fact that, like, she created a weapon that played a big role in the destruction of her people. Mm -hmm. Like, she has not had an easy go of it. Based upon where we are in the timeline, Mandalore is gone, so, which like, means her family's been gone. vaporized. Exactly. Yeah. Like, um, I didn't even think of that. Though. And and I I think that's probably uh, th the other thing is if she became Ahsoka's apprentice, she would have been pretty old at the time to become an apprentice and. Historically speaking, that doesn't always work out the way you want it to. All the rules are thrown out the window at this point, man. Well, uh, no, and I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Uh, but it comes with its own set of challenges. Um, but either way, there's only one real way to figure out what happens next. Yeah, and that's to like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> More so than watching the next episode, yeah. like and subscribe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> click the notification bell. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, guys. Well, I thought uh, this was excellent, and I, I hope that people latch on to the show, um, especially if you're not familiar with. I don't feel. I don't get the impression you need. To, I think it's easy to feel lost. Like there, I can imagine there will still be that camp that's yeah. like. But I think that's good. Like it causes I, you to force you to pay attention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. causes you to pay attention, and it does. I think increase the motivation probably for then people if they do latch onto this to go check out the extended media because then they will have instead of feeling overwhelmed by like there's so many seasons yeah. and so many characters i have like a point of reference now mm. to go and look for yeah. in those pieces but they don't craft the dialogue in a way that's like wink you know well no like, it yeah. still sounds very lived in and this is the exchange that they yeah. would have with and each other it doesn't yeah, it's, it's not just exposition city it's, yeah, it's great. not just easter egg city either well and yeah. somebody pointed out that in the advertising they haven't leaned at all on any of the animated footage so they're not telling they're not cueing the yeah. audience like you gotta go familiarize yourself with that otherwise you're not gonna get this at all but it doesn't like again like from outside a little bit except it, that giant mural well sure <laughs> there are definitely going to be things that go over your <laughs> but, head but, uh, but those things nice... don't feel like you're being left out of the club or like you right. know you're lesser for not knowing <laughs> but if if you've watched other live action star wars at this point you know a majority of the people on that mural yeah. yeah, you know, with the exception of Kanan and Ezra. You don't think Force Ghost Kanan will show up? No, how would he have learned to become a Force Ghost? What do you mean? You have to learn to become a Force That's Ghost. That's not how the Force works. That's not how it works. You could throw it out the window at no, this point. Qui-Gon had to, well, for, he wasn't able to get, like, a physical form at first. He had to, he could have learned. He could have got mumbo jumbo him into a ghost. It's been a few years, or he's in the wolf, right? He is in a wolf. He's in the wolf. Well, that, I, that I believe. Force Mostly because Dave Filoni has a thing for wolves. Well, he's, he's got, got one of those wolf, wolf t-shirts. The wolf just shows up and just like, I'm Doom. <laughs> I'm Doom. <laughs> Man, I remember just being on the internet trying to figure out what the hell was going on with those wolves yeah. when I was 
watching Rebels. Hope um, it just saves the day again. All right, let's watch the second episode. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Yippee. All right, thanks guys for being here. And um, yeah, let's let's get to it. Episode two. I really love the look of this show. Yeah. Even the way the hologram had that kind of like ripple effect happening. Yeah, it's like it's actual particulate kind of percolating air. Seth, Seth Green. <laughs> <laughs> Robot chicken makes sense animation. I don't think it's perfect. Pick those nits. Oh, yeah, you know, I'll be picking those nits. Got to get every part of the Star Wars market. Take it away, John. Ah, this was quite <laughs> enjoyable. I have been very much enjoying the... Uh, it makes sense as to why they put these two episodes out in tandem. It does feel like, yeah, this is the act, the first act of the journey. We're culminating everything. We've set all the pieces, but it just maintained at least... Through these two episodes, through two different directors and whatnot, it just has maintained this very assured, confident, steadiness of hand. And, uh, and yeah, I really enjoy the space that they communicate all this stuff with. They give everything its time, and you're able to kind of get pulled into, yeah, that there is something like melancholy at the core, and there's like a pall hanging over our main Rebels crew, and then you also have this sort of like very at ease dark presence especially with um balen what's his name bones or something balen hell something skull skull there you go balen skull there you go uh i don't when know when in doubt just go with the first name yes balen yeah. <laughs> yeah. um yeah i don't know <laughs> like it still feels like this momentous kind of neck and neck um you know hunt cat and mouse almost um but also just whilst taking its time like i think that's just a testament to how well this has been kind of paced and conceived is that it's never feels rushed but it also feels like it's fully able to spread out and take its time without mm. indulging too heavily in that so yeah mikhail this is the beginning of something that i am ready for it's the first time in like star wars content since i was a kid that i genuinely am like i i have no idea and yet i have so many ideas at the same time mm -hmm. and it, it, it's gotten my imagination going in the most marvelous and wonderful of ways i think it's brilliant to take this adventure to a different galaxy i think it's brilliant to have antagonists like Balin, who represent a new type of, of nuanced villain. And I think that this entire series, everything we know about Thrawn, is he is a very interesting nuanced villain in that their intentions and their actions and where our characters fit into this narrative, we're about to experience like for the first time, not just like, oh, good guy, good guy, bad guy, bad guy. I think we're about to see something genuinely gray in nature. Um, and I, I say that with like fear and hesitation because every time we thought we were going to get that, they always go back to what's comfortable. Um, I think this setup is great. I am glad that we are going to leave behind the very kind of, muddled storytelling that is the new republic and all of that i feel like they did a nice little taste they gave us what we needed and now we're going somewhere completely new i think what's interesting is there's a couple connective threads that i'm really excited to pull on in the next episode i'm really interested to see 
who is that inquisitor? You know, at the end uh, of the Empire, um, particularly as the last of the Jedi were really kind of uh, officially wiped out, um, it was kind of alluded to that Palpatine uh, removed the Inquisitors. But you also have all these examples of children who are Force-sensitive being kidnapped. Um, I wonder if some of the characters referenced uh, in animated form... um, I'm I'm just so curious who that Inquisitor is, and I feel like it has to be somebody based upon the way in which they've built him up. But also, what an interesting alliance, um, you know. And I I think that also kind of sets up an interesting who who are the other characters that might come out of the woodworks. I didn't think it at the beginning of this, and and with all the materials that came out, but part of me really wonders like, is there going to be a connection to like Cal Kestis? And that storyline. And in a way, if we were to move and have a whole separate narrative that exists in another galaxy, that can do its own thing without undermining what happens in the sequel trilogy and without trying to like backtrack on what Disney did, you know? And I kind of love that. That's a good place for all the great characters that we love, that we wish and probably should have been a big part of the sequel trilogy, now have the opportunity to have their own story in a new galaxy where it's a complete clean narrative fresh start um i think this is the beginning of something much bigger for star wars i um, still feel like they were building to the development of the first order though via the mandalorian and all that well and, and i i think that that will be part of it but the the threat that we have looming here strikes me as much scarier than palpatine and the new order and all that sort of you know um and like not to get too deep into to canon and and you know this, that, and the other thing, but like Thrawn's biggest fear and the reason that he joined the Empire was to recruit an ally Mm -hmm. that could help the Chiss Ascendancy fight an enemy that is beyond anything that we can comprehend. Yeah, so it seems like what he's forming here are not necessarily pawns or henchmen. It it seems like he's forming alliances. He's got a witch on his hands, he's got Jedis on his hands, he's got a Inquisitor on his hands. Which is why I think yeah. our big reveal is going to be that Ezra, this Jedi that we've been looking forward to meeting in live action. Might be actually part of the team. <laughs> and and I think that maybe Ahsoka and company might find themselves joining that alliance, which represents something so unique and interesting to Star Wars, where now they're they're not just kind of defending their own isolated interest within the galaxy, but together they're defending the galaxy. I don't know. I feel like, I think I think that might be too big of a flip to do, you know. Like like at the end of the day while Thrawn while always has been Thrawn's one of those characters who I, I see people can defend going. He's not exactly a villain. I'm like, well, you know, he could have a lot of good intentions, but at the end of the day, the guy's a villain. Like he is well, a villain at I, the end it, of the day. But he there's a that's a pretty fucked up. Stuff. No, he, he has. But, <laughs> but, but I would argue but, it was justified. <laughs> well, I mean, all right. So you guys have seen Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, let's go that route. No, yeah. no, I'm serious. Yeah. Let's, let's go that route. I mean, yeah. a, a lot of the decisions that Thrawn makes and that he's done is because he understands that his people are facing extinction. Throughout Rebels, for instance, when, when he and Hera really went face to face, his respect and admiration for her culture and preserving and protecting that history, that's not a villain attitude. That's somebody that understands that he needs to do what he needs to do 
in order to save his people, but he doesn't want to erase other cultures and history. Like he he never ran well with the other Imperials for a reason. And like we even saw that a little bit in the Mandalorian as they're like, well, you know, Thrawn is like there are some that admire him and love him, but um he's a complex blue fella. <laughs> I, I will give all those complexities at the end of the day. He always aligned with the Empire. Because the Empire was the only force in the galaxy strong enough to stop an impending threat. You can justify it however you want. At the end of the day, he still worked with the Empire. Oh, I heard we worked with the Soviets during World War II, Greg. It's not the same thing. Yeah, but we hid a lot of <laughs> stuff from them, and we side-eyed them every step of the way. Yeah, And then we hired the Nazis to help build space <laughs> spaceships because our moral principles are fluid. Um, no, it's, I, I hope that as Star Wars fans, that we are given those sorts of interesting dilemmas of characters, because it is really, really frustrating when somebody comes and they've got horns on their heads and they've got red and black faces yeah. and they're terrifying looking with their yellow eyes. They're real angry. Well, yeah. I'd say it's the same way of how you can understand the motives of Thanos, but at the end of the day, the yeah. guy's a villain. Nah, dude, Thanos yeah. is right. Yeah. I mean, me Thanos is. Uh, I'm not going to defend Thanos <laughs> in that. <laughs> I got to purple guy. All right, Thrawn. If I'm remembering correctly, was not for the Death Star. He had but some other. Like, look at the last time we he saw. He had some good. Let's policies. look at the last time we saw Thrawn. In order yeah. to get Ezra, he just started annihilating people on Lothal. In order just to make a point to lure out like just innocent civilians. I mean, is America a good country? What are you making about that? I'm talking about Thrawn. Do you want to talk about Agent Orange? I mean, like, but that's like, the thing is, historically speaking, I'm not saying he's a good guy, but I'm saying that in his mind, he his ends justify the means. What's better, yeah. sacrificing the few for no, they the many? Do. They do. You know, it's the trolley problem. And, I think, I and think he's on a do. mission. I think the scary part is when someone can see that he is, when, when, when we go, he's actually a, not... I think we have to. You, there is a line that has to be drawn when you can see that someone at the end of the day does skew towards the villainy. Yeah, and I think if you lose sight of that line, that's where it can well, get dangerous. I, I think the audience needing to reconcile that is an. I epic think it's a more interesting debate. Challenge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a much more like interesting like debate. what happens when I we think. get there, and then it's like, yeah. oh man, if our characters don't like like grin and bear it and deal with the fact that these guys are trying to protect the galaxy. Yeah. Well, I think like no, I mean even even with Ron, that that's something that separates him is his his care. He does, unlike a Vader or something who kind of can disregard life, he can yeah. uh, he has a there's a preciousness he can hold to yeah. history and life. Mm-hmm. So he does he does separate and stand out from them, which I do think makes him a very compelling person. I could see how he could actually form an alliance because he can, he is someone who could look at the bigger picture at the end of yeah. the day and not yeah. just and hopefully they don't just turn him into. I want to dominate everything. No, I, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and that was never his his motive. Um, no. And in reading the books, like, he has some really, like, meaningful relationships and, and cares for people, including Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Speaking of Skywalkers, I'm really interested to see if we will see a Chiss Skywalker, um, which is, like, a Force-sensitive Chiss youth that is able to navigate hyperspace lanes that are in the unknown regions. Wow. You got that all from this one episode? 
No. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I, I had I had I had nothing but time in the woods this summer <laughs> to read all <laughs> Thrawn content and Thrawn tent. Yeah, Thrawn tent. Yum. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Either way, this is different, and I'm real jazzed about something different. I'm jazzed about it too. I do think, from a storytelling standpoint, though, no. that <laughs> I do I do feel like the show can might have a challenge where it can keep too much of an emotional distance mm. with the way their portrayals go down, because there is a lot of stoicism, 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 stoicism. 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 I mean, that is something that's pride. That is good, good. Stoicism. They've taken a lot of the... It is interesting seeing the characters they've brought over from the animated mediums that they have adapted them into this aged-up, matured interpretation, but a little bit... I wouldn't say void, but have dialed back a lot of more of the mm. animated personality yeah, yeah. Uh, of all. Like, I would say that for everyone here, Sabine, Hera, uh, and especially Ahsoka. And that was something that stood out to me already with Ahsoka's appearance in Mandalorian. And it especially stands out to me here is at the end of the day, we have to connect to these characters on an emotional way in order yeah, yeah. to stay on board for the journey. Like I love the mood. I love the aura. I love the menace. I love the stoicism. I love, <laughs> I love all of that. I actually really do love all of that. Uh, my concern is if if it just stays that way for so mm. long that the, there can be a lack of a pulsating yeah. feel and a drive that you kind of need to have that, you know what I mean? That yeah. thrust into like, oh, my pulse is racing as opposed to observation. Because right now there is a bit of a, a distance and a, a, a detachment, yeah. you know. So a question for you then. I am not on exactly on the same Thrawn page as you. That's fine. A but, query, but, my good man. But a, a query about Ahsoka <laughs> as a character and what it would take to create that emotional. Because because I agree. Jokes? At the moment, there's... <laughs> jokes should be good. There, <laughs> there, is, there is not a lot of chemistry... At the moment, and I hope that changes. I think with anyone, I hope it's I hope it's a choice, a deliberate choice, and that all of a sudden we have like an amazing pair. Part of me wonders, and I mean, they, there's been rumors about it of Ahsoka flashbacks with Hayden Christensen um, to her as a Padawan, and I had this dream. Okay, <laughs> I had this dream <laughs> that they didn't cast uh, Rosario Dawson for the younger version. They brought Ashley Eckstein back. They brought Ashley Eckstein back. Exactly. That makes sense. Because I feel like to be able to give people that may have never seen the animated, young, happy version of Ahsoka, um, that it would be good to tap into a little bit of that magic and also just create that narrative thread. Um, well, like, do you think that would be enough to... I think we're going to need some flashback that explains exactly why her demeanor is so such an antithesis yep. to where we last left off with her. Because when we last saw her in Rebels, that was when Ezra pulled her out of that fight with Vader, so she dealt yeah. with that revelation, and then she went her separate ways. Where did she just go back to the, the, the temple ruins? Is that where she went in the world between worlds? 
Uh, no, she so she, she, yeah, she, she went, went. She went right back to the temple ruins. But yeah. then she went back. She found them all, and then she helped them with all their stuff that they were doing. Um. Okay. Is there like a whole gap there that I? Because I, I, yeah. I'm just going off of what she, happens in the finale like, of yeah, Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. She. She disappeared, went off, was doing some adventures while the... And that's yeah. the part of the gap that I think we need to... Fill in. To fill in, to yeah. understand why she's morphed and so much And if you buy this. the amazing Ahsoka book for 1995... Is that canon? Uh, I'm trying to remember if, if they touch on... Uh, no, I, I don't think they get that Because some of the these books book. and stuff are, like, canon no, the, and not canon. The, the Ahsoka book is canon, but um, I don't think it goes on that long in her narrative well, like there is clearly a gap that needs to be filled yeah. but also like losing several years of your life after finding out that your former master killed a bunch of kids is the big bad. i mean was it, uh, it just that he was the big threat to the empire probably I mean, I, I, right set, underneath yeah. the emperor <laughs> yeah it probably set her back a little bit um yeah and i think that's that, that's part of the yeah. I think we have to factor that into it. At the same time, yeah, there is that, like you brought up the chemistry question, and I do think that, like, every individual performer is yeah. so good. Agreed. And I do think you have a great point with exploring the gray, which is what I, I was saying. Likewise, I've been saying I want this, the these live-action shows to do more, and I feel like that's why we started off with Balin and... Do we know her name yet? Mor uh, oh, the other one. Uh, <laughs> I don't think she has a name yet. Um but she will. The Apprentice. The Apprentice. The Apprentice. I think yeah. that's why we started off with her, with them, because they are, I, I know Grey Jedi is, is something that, mm. like, pisses <laughs> off the, the Star the Wars. The internet. Yeah, well, it does. But uh, they do seem to exist in a chaotic neutral place. Yeah, yeah they do well, seem to be there. It's, yeah. there I think there's a, an appreciation for the tradition and for the Force. Um, but, historically speaking... You know, canonically, there's been plenty of Jedi that have veered off that path and that have done their own things. You know, I mean, I feel like Jedi Survivor did such a great job exploring that theme. Um, but, you know, it's I think their chemistry is great, though. They're mad like for two very serious people that are like murdering people like that. Oh, they, they're a great little pair. Yeah, two. I don't know. You mean like Balin and yeah, and it, it, well, it definitely feels more organic than Ahsoka yeah. and Sabine. In yeah. in ways, I feel like that whole crew, like Morgan Elsbeth and, and the group of them have, even though you haven't been spending much intimate time, there is something that feels like a more complete unit. And I do like the mirroring of like, oh, we have sort of remnants of so many different. Uh, casts of people and, and mm. different specialized you know abilities and things like that and and that you know plays off of what the you know rebels crew is also yeah. um but yeah they just they are all organized and they're going after their goal it almost feels like they have the plot momentum and our main mm. characters are all catching up to that and sort of coming back together as a unit mm. yeah but if you haven't seen it it doesn't feel deserved or uh, at least i imagine that's what it like like at least I know the magic. Like when I see Harrison Dula, like hmm. my heart like flutters a little bit because this is like a character that I've invested a lot of time in. If you're brand new to this, there's no, I don't know. There's, there's it, it is. I agree with you, Greg. There it is missing uh, chemistry and a little bit of 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 magic, and dare I say, maybe some comic relief um, <laughs> in the form of of a character like Jar Jar Binks. Got to get him back. That would fix it. Got to get him back. Although, you know who would actually be a really great addition to this that I don't think they'll add, but 
Um, I feel like Zeb is a, a great fine line between somebody that's funny. <laughs> if I, yeah, if, if I wanted to simplify it, I would yeah. say that there is a weird lack of excitement. Mm. Like I'm excited for what's to come. There's a lot I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. But when we get to action scenes, I don't find them. I think they're cool to look at. Mm. But I don't find the action particularly exciting. I think you need one character who is kind of into this <laughs> and is not just doing it out of burden and purpose. Mm. Like somebody who is a bit more of like a swashbuckler or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Um, and maybe they'll pick one up along the way. Um, I think when Zeb comes, because Zeb has to come into the show. I, I don't know. That's expensive. Ball, that's, but why they, they just, that's why they just threw him in Mandalorian. <laughs> I like, think I think you it's get like, this one cameo, man. <laughs> no, it's like it, I think they could it would it. it would be amazing. But if you're gonna do that, that at that point, do it. Like get, get the crazy ghost, animatronic. get the crew. Like you know, but I don't think they're going that direction. I I think that the uh, Ahsoka and Sabine are going to this galaxy alone. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I like Rebels is a real hit or miss show for me. Actually, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It really is. It, like, I thought. I think the show is remarkably repetitive a lot of the time, and then, and then when it's great, it's so great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it, that. It's, that's one. So I'm not by any means this guy is like, yeah, oh, yeah. I just want it to be season five of Rebels. That's not at all my 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 yeah. taste because even I would say even with season four, a lot of times because that show has a certain pattern and a certain repetition. And then when it decides to really just propel forward and do some different stuff, I'm like, man, this show is firing yeah, on all yeah, cylinders. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I always thought Rebels was at its best when it was taking itself the most serious as well. So I'm by no means here going, I want it to be like the quirky, fun animation. But yeah. there is something here that right now I'm like, I, I, I still feel kept at a distance right now. Yeah. As much as I'm loving the observation piece. Well, and, and I thought the first episode was more transportive than the second one. Sure. I, I wonder if that's a Dave Filoni, because if you notice most of the stuff that he's done in terms of the live action where he's been, you know, in the director's chair or the writer's The gunslinger? The room, they're very s relatively serious episodes. <laughs> Not the gunslinger. Except for the gunslinger. But, I, but I, I can imagine that he's kind of living in this interesting shadow of like, yeah, he's the cartoon guy. And now he's trying to be something more serious. Now I wonder if that's a hard a thread for him as he's making that uh, transition professionally. Yeah. Um, either way, but I, I, he's doing an extraordinary job. He's, I think visually this is a really compelling piece. Mm -hmm. And I do agree that, oh, this is actually exciting to see that they're building to something where I'm not like, okay, so we're just filling the gap to the First Order. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have yeah. a foregone conclusion, and yeah. we're just doing stuff in between. Th that's why I think it is smart to have, because I don't know the history all that well, but, yeah, like something discovery of force and everything divided up, and that's why we got, like, hyperspace lanes and shit like that in Pergo. I Like, it's all, like, fragmented in my mind yeah, uh, yeah. Of, of how it all goes. So to, I make, to have this, op, this, this unexplored region where you could have, like, this other story take place, it's not a, it's not a multiverse. It's just... Yeah. A, it's just, a different, just yeah, yeah, a different galaxy. Just yeah, a whole other region. Yeah. And no. no, please, John. I thought this did a nice job to end off on a note that suggests that those missing elements of chemistry and camaraderie might be just around the corner now. Yeah. Or at least some kind of like engaging character friction because they're setting off on the journey and they have the she calls her Padawan. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have Hu Yang here to help balance us. Which is a, a a great character, but not the funniest character in the world. You know, yeah. get some of that David Tennant wit. I mean, it's 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 great. Um, 
Yeah, well, uh, we'll see. There's a lot of characters that I want to see in live action. Name them all. You want me to name all Hondo. of them? Hondo. <laughs> Alphabetical order. Hon- yeah, Hon- but actually, actually, Hondo. Hondo would be great. He was the he perfect was addition the, he to this. He was involved in the finale. No, yeah. that's exactly yeah, the kind of character yeah. that yeah. we need. Yeah. That's it. And Maul. Bring him back again. Uh, <laughs> no, he's, more he's, spider wait, legs. He's, no, he's dead now, right? More spider yeah. legs. At this point, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, Oh no, he died in Rebels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's dead. dead. He's dead. He did. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes the timelines do confuse me. I, wanna, I want someone to put together the most ultimate watch, the ultimate of, chronology. Of, 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 just like put it all in order from Clone Wars to New Hope to the prequels and like intersplice with them. Books, bad comics. So, yeah. Inquisitor theory. Okay. Hear me out. Is there a good inquisitor who survived? That we don't the- know? I mean, theoretically, like there's several inquisitors that were never fully identified. I don't know, and I don't think it's any of the ones that we've met thus far. Although, you know, it would be really interesting to see. Um, oh gosh, uh, Barris. Although that didn't look like a Barris. Uh, remind me of Barris. Barris is the one that played a role in. Framing. Oh, the oh, the one who yeah, she's the one who straight up, uh, straight up framed. Okay, she's the one who completely framed. She she was mildly. Oh yes, yes, they were friends, and then and then yeah, yeah. yeah, I always felt like that was an interesting narrative storyline. I was thinking like, what inquisitor's name Barris? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was it was heavily implied that she became an inquisitor, um, and we never saw her. Really? I I guess I don't recall. And if if I'm completely wrong, feel free to rip me apart in the comment section. But um. But the other but that's what led to the additional. It would thematically tie in because that's what led to her the rejecting the Jedi, the Jedi Order. Yeah, we should go and look at that person again and see if that's even a remote possibility. That Inquisitor is that a thing that we can do? Here's some more wine. Yeah, John. Let's. Uh, it could be. It does look. F- Feminine. Could be. It, does, it does. It does look a wee bit feminine, yeah. um, and it would also kind of explain the this duel and definitely u- felt like they've met before. And I'm u- I'm used to inquisitors vocalizing too. Mm. Yeah. And, well, it would make sense is, not to do that if it's somebody that Ahsoka. Yeah. It's this one felt like very it's very yeah. quiet. Yeah. Also, who like Ahsoka like wrecked every other inquisitor effortlessly. Uh-huh. It would make sense that this would be a, a more challenging duel. Um, I would be super jazzed. Connective tissue, or it could be our favorite little Wookiee Jedi. I'm <laughs> messing <laughs> with you. Actually, no. The Barris theory would line up because when <coughs> when, when she revealed herself to um, doing it, she she thought like the Jedi went down. She she thought yeah. she was putting an exposure on the dark paths the Jedi went down. So it would make sense that she would want to become yeah. a Jedi hunter, but. I don't think she necessarily wanted to become a Jedi hunter as much as she was forced into it. This character is no longer an Inquisitor. They, I think, right, right, right. Like, yeah. They're not. But it would still make sense, like, yeah. if, if if Balin represents this notion of the Jedi, like, you don't have to be Sith, you don't have to completely be consumed by hate. However, to be weak, to not take the offensive to fall into the plight of the Jedi and their very narrow-minded philosophy, that puts the whole galaxy at risk. Yeah. Balin wants power not for the sake of power, but for the sake to protect what he loves, which is what Anakin wanted too. 
but Anakin mm. fell to the dark side in that process. I think there's something really interesting going on here, and I think Ahsoka, on a on a level, philosophically, probably aligns closer with Balin than one would expect at, at first glance, because her f- same feelings about the Jedi and their lack of action, their oh. lack of... I mean, even we saw it in the very last season of Clone Wars when she pushed for them to go to Mandalore to protect people. Well, Why shouldn't the Jedi do their job of, of being the defenders and protectors of the galaxy? Well, I think the debate... Of, there's a debate around is Ahsoka a Jedi or not, right? Like That is that is such a question, Mark. Um, but I think this show is intentionally going, we can define what a Jedi is. Like, I, I think we can land in a scenario where... Um, uh, oh, my God. Sabine, where Sabine can be you can be a Jedi and then not be using the Force somehow. I think there's a, a scenario where they, they can land in that identification. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have these characters like Balin took on an apprentice, but Balin does not consider himself a Jedi yet. He's got himself an apprentice who is trained in the Jedi ways, you know. And then Ahsoka herself rejected the Jedi Order, hmm. and yet. You know, everywhere she goes, she's like, that's a Jedi, but she says she's not a Jedi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this is that's one of the words she said to, like, it, to even Vader. Like, I'm mm-hmm. no Jedi, right? Like, she does, she herself doesn't call it. So I think maybe. Uh, also, th- why isn't she with Luke? Like, like she, she can't be with Luke because Luke's view of what the Jedi Order should become yeah. is what the Jedi Order was. And that's because what, of poor writing, it became a self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy, and it ended up the same exact thing happened all over again. But that's why I think uh, her arc, Ahsoka's, will be that clarity mm. on what you know the audience fights about. I think, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope anyway that what is transpiring here, thematically, if, as Star Wars gets itself back on course will connect with the Ray film um, that's coming out of what happens post. Of there's, there's oh there's another galaxy, the Ray a whole Charles bunch of movie. other stuff. Yeah, the Ray Charles movie. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm <laughs> done talking. I've I've, I've theorized enough for today. Uh, we all have, especially John. He won't stop. Yeah, get John. Got so many theories based on the extended novel <laughs> stuff, guys. It's gonna be crazy. Close yeah. us out, John. Guys, what did you <laughs> think of this episode? Leave your nitpicks. Why do you think this is the worst thing Star Wars has done yet? Or inversely, why is this the best thing Star Wars has ever produced? Leave it below, and we'll catch you for episode three next week. Is it Barris? I want to know what the audience thinks. Yeah. Is it Barris? New question. Forget all that. Yeah. Is it Barris? John. What, now, if, it, tune in what if it's Ezra? Oh, <laughs> that'd be cool. Wouldn't make any sense, but I'll no, go with it. Not, not <laughs> even slightly. But, but stature wise, yeah, I see it. Yeah, stature wise, what I if see that's it. Zeb? Well, <laughs> 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 guys, become Zeb's become all daunt, gaunt. <laughs> Pick your favorite fan theory and leave it below, and maybe uh, is it a fan theory or a conspiracy <laughs> theory at this point? Your John. fan conspiracy theories. Pick your favorite and let Lucasfilm know that that's what you demand from the reveal and the finale coming up. Much love, and we'll we'll see you next time. Force be with you and all that good stuff. I love you. I know. Peace out. Thanks for the long talk. Help me avoid editing. Now it's time to edit. Wow.
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.